You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Diet to Die For. Hello my radio friends. It's good to be with you and I'm very glad you've joined me today. Last week we considered some issues to do with health, especially what God recommends we do. In 1 Corinthians 10.31 we have this verse, Whether, therefore, you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I expect that some of you have a desire to glorify God through what you do, but are not quite sure how to do that. This week we will consider diet. Common dietary issues today are too much food, too much poor quality food, too little variety, too much salt, too much sugar, too much fat, too much protein, and too much disease-causing food. There's plenty of medical evidence available today about what sort of diet is best, but many people ignore that evidence and carry on as usual although the food they eat may make them ill. Health problems of special interest are heart disease, arteriosclerosis, cancer, stroke and diabetes. I know that there are some individuals who do everything wrong. They smoke, they drink and they eat all the wrong stuff, yet they live long and sometimes apparently healthy lives. But we must not kid ourselves. They are the exceptions. The majority of people who do not care for their health will die prematurely of a lifestyle disease. And before that, they will not be able to live life to the full because of the handicaps caused by those diseases. Take diabetes, for example. Around one in every 12 Australians has diabetes. And here are some other facts about diabetes. 280 Australians develop diabetes every single day. That's one person every five minutes. More than 1.7 million Australians have diabetes. And more than 100,000 Australians have developed diabetes in the past year. For every person diagnosed with diabetes, there's usually a family member or a carer who also lives with diabetes or a diabetic every day in a support role. This means that an estimated 2.4 million Australians are affected by diabetes every day. The total annual cost impact of diabetes in Australia is estimated at $14.6 billion. Diabetes in most cases will not develop if people paid more attention to what they put in their mouths. A long-term friend of mine recently died. 
He contracted type 2 diabetes about 20 years ago, and his sight deteriorated significantly. He could hardly walk. He would become faint if his blood sugar dropped too low, and he was forced to take insulin because of his problem. Besides that, his energy levels were low. He had to wear custom-made shoes, each pair costing $600 or more. As a young man, his staple food was mostly steak, big slabs of fried or grilled steak. I can see him in my mind's eye, sitting at the table with a smile on his face and a twinkle in his eye as he picked up his fork and knife to devour those big steaks. Man's food, he called it. But the diabetes took the twinkle from his eye and the smile from his face. It was no fun. His diabetes probably could have been devoid, uh, avoided with a better diet. Now, I want to talk to you about sugar. Sugar is found in most processed foods, and especially in fast foods. Sugar and salt both stimulate the taste buds, and so those foods, especially junk foods, are tasty. Sugar is a high glycemic food, meaning it digests very quickly. The result is a sudden burst of energy, then followed by a letdown. The body must store the excess of sugar somewhere, so it's turned into fat. Not only fat around the waistline, but in every cell of the body. In particular, the fat is stored in the arteries as a build-up of plaque, which sticks to the walls preventing a proper blood flow. That condition is known as arteriosclerosis. As a result, the heart has to pump harder to push the blood through those partially blocked arteries. The blood pressure becomes raised and the risk of heart failure becomes very high. Too much sugar and too much saturated fat have the same effect. Many people are tempted to think that ageing is the main cause of strokes and heart attacks, but it's not. The main causes of those conditions are years and years of eating the wrong stuff. The accumulation of a wrong lifestyle shows up as disease. Natural unprocessed foods are much better than processed foods. A book I have really appreciated is called The China Study. It is by a research scientist, a biochemist, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, who has spent a lifetime studying diet and health. He has done the world's greatest study about disease and health. Reading that book was an incredible experience. Although it's not a novel or action story, I found it interesting and exciting, and each time I read it I was reluctant to put the book down. If you're interested in health, I strongly recommend you read this book. It's called The China 
study. And by reading it, it'll probably change your life. Now, Dr. Campbell's own experience serves as a good example. Campbell was brought up on a farm in northern Virginia in the United States of America. From his early childhood until leaving university, Campbell thought he had a really healthy diet. There was lots of farm produce, milk, meat and eggs, all of which he and the rest of the family ate heartily. Sadly, Campbell's father had a heart attack at the age of 63, then a fatal attack at 70. Campbell attributes his own father's premature death to a poor diet. On page three of the introduction to his book, Dr. Campbell lists seven findings published in the most reputable scientific journals. They are a. Dietary change can enable diabetic patients to go off their medication. b. Heart disease can be reversed by diet alone. c. Breast cancer is related to levels of female hormones in the blood which are determined by the foods the women eat. d. Consuming dairy foods can increase the risk of prostate cancer. E. Antioxidants found in fruit and vegetables are linked to a better mental performance in old age. F. Kidney stones can be prevented by a healthy diet. G. Type 1 diabetes, one of the most devastating diseases that can befall a child, is convincingly linked to infant feeding practices. Dr Campbell comments, These findings demonstrate that a good diet is the most powerful weapon we have against disease and sickness. About himself, Dr Campbell writes, I've been in the system for almost 50 years, at the very highest level, designing and directing large research projects, deciding which research gets funded, and translating massive amounts of scientific research into national expert panel reports. Dr Campbell is no fool. His own ideas of a healthy diet have been completely turned around by the research projects he has overseen, and he concludes that most diseases experienced by Westerners, particularly Americans, are caused by what the people eat. He condemns milk, eggs and meat. The research provides powerful evidence that milk, eggs and meat are disease-causing foods. He strongly advocates a plant-based diet which prevents rather than causes disease. Vegetarians are, by any standard, much healthier than the general population. They live longer, and because they are healthier, 
their quality of life is also better. I have a friend who recognised some symptoms in himself that he was not pleased with. He's a young man, but he was overweight, his energy levels were low and his endurance levels were also low. He was tired and lethargic, but to keep himself going he drank coffee and cola drinks as pep-ups. But he decided that he must change, and so he became a vegetarian. Soon he lost weight, looked better, felt better, had much more energy, and his endurance levels increased remarkably. And, dear listeners, you might give serious consideration to do for yourself what my friend did. And don't fret over your protein intake. We do not need much protein at all. In fact, Dr. Campbell, who himself is now a vegetarian, recommends about 11% protein of the total food diet, although the American Food and Drug Administration recommends 35%. Dr. Campbell is healthy. He has outlived his father by many years, and he enjoys a good quality of life. He also explains that on the government panels that make dietary recommendations are representatives from powerful Cattlemen's Beef Association, the Egg Nutrition Board and Dairymen's Association groups. Therefore, the recommendations and advertising are for higher than needed protein intake. One of the problems my young friend had when he became a vegetarian was preparing suitable vegetarian foods that were wholesome and tasty. He found that there's not much taste, enjoyment or nutrition in munching on carrots and lettuce leaves all the time. If you're thinking of switching to the much healthier vegetarian diet, I recommend you buy some vegetarian recipe books or go online and get help from an organisation like the Sanitarium Nutrition I'll start that again Sanitarium Nutrition Education Service and maybe even better talk to someone who is a well established vegetarian and get some recipes from them. Alternatively, join a CHIP, that is a Complete Health Improvement Program. Multiple thousands of people around the world have experienced vastly improved health after following such a program. CHIP programs are often run in local Seventh-day Adventist churches, and if you hear of one near you, Consider joining it. You will be so glad you did. We're going to stop for a moment and go on straight afterwards. Tis so sweet 
to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise and to know the saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I've learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Before the break, I was talking to you about the CHIP program, the Complete Health Improvement Program. And I was recommending to you that you go along and attend one of these if you are having health problems. And I've known a number of people personally who've gone to the CHIP programs and their health, their activity level, their concentration and their looks have changed remarkably. One man I heard of who, who had severe health problems with blocked arteries and arteriosclerosis um, could hardly move without being puffed out. He went along to a CHIP program, followed the recommendations. Now he can ride his bike 50 kilometres without any trouble. Now, as far as God is concerned, he wants people who are healthy, clear-minded and fit. Although he loves sick people, he much prefers his people not to be feeble, sickly and impaired by disease. When God made man, he gave a diet for mankind to eat. And you can read about that in Genesis 1, verse 29. God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And I think there's enough evidence available today to show that God was dead right. We do not need animal-based foods, as is so widely advertised. We do not need any pork on the fork. Men Need Meat is an advertising jingle that, if properly understood, really means 
We want your money, even if you die from a heart attack. A good vegetarian diet includes fruit, vegetables, grains, nuts and legumes. That's beans, peas, lentils and other pulses of that nature. You need to beware of fad diets. That's F-A-D and not F-A-T. So beware of fad diets, such as the C-S-I-R-O diet, the Atkins diet, the low-carb diets and high-protein diets, and so on. The long-term effects of these diets are not very beneficial, and in some cases are quite negative. The Bible records a story of what happened to some of the Hebrew captives after the Babylonians captured Jerusalem and surrounding areas of Israel in around 600 BC. The captives were taken to Babylon to serve as slaves or servants to the Babylonians. Amongst the group of thousands were four young men of noble birth. Their names were Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah and Mishael. These men were hand-picked to serve the king and were to be educated in Babylonian law and culture. In the book of Daniel, chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible records, The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. In verse 8, the narrative continues, But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. You see, Daniel chose not to drink alcoholic drinks, nor to eat pig meat or other unclean foods, or meat that was cooked with blood still in it. And to avoid that, he chose, and the others chose with him, just to have plant-based foods. And then Daniel proposed a test, where he and his three friends would eat a plain diet of vegetables with only water to drink for ten days. At the end of the ten days, the king's official who cared for the young men in the king's service was to compare Daniel and his friends with the others who ate what the king provided for them. This was reluctantly agreed to. And then in verse 15 is a summary of what happened. At the end of the ten days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. At the end of the three-year education period, 
all the young men were brought in to King Nebuchadnezzar, who tested them. And the Bible goes on to say that the king found no one equal to Daniel and his three friends. And in verse 20 we read, In every matter of wisdom and understanding, about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters, that's those who were brought up in the Babylonian culture, in his whole kingdom. Friends, we must never think we know more than God. If we do, we fool only ourselves. When God gave mankind a vegetarian diet, he knew what was best for us. So if you're worried about your health, or if you desire better health and a longer, more satisfying life, become a vegetarian. It's the way to go. And I can personally recommend it. We must stop for today. But until next time, I wish you good health, hope, peace, and to be able to enjoy the diet to die for. Won't you leave me? I'm tired and I need thy strength and power to guide me over my darkest dark. Lord, just open my eyes That I may see Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me Lead me, guide me Along the way Lord, just open my eyes That I may see Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me I am lost if you take Your hand from me I am blind without Thy light to see Lord, just always let me Thy servant be Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me Lead me, guide me Along the way Lord, just open my eyes That I may see Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me Lead me, oh Lord Won't you lead me